Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the I Can Do podcast with Benjamin Lee. We're here to talk about tips and strategies to have an I Can Do mindset. Life is what you put into it. Get the most you can. Here's your host, Benjamin Lee. Hello and welcome to another episode of the I Can Do podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Lee. We are moving into season number four. And if you recall, if you've been listening to this podcast now for a while, last year I had a number of people that I had on the show that I interviewed. I really appreciated everyone who was a part of the show, the the time that they took and the information and wisdom that they shared to me and also to the listeners. I had such a great time interviewing people and I really want to get back to that. People that I know, people that I don't know people that I have learned about uh, through books or other ways or other people. And today I have a a new guest on the I Can Do podcast. His name is Mark Bossert. And Mark is a friend of mine. We met a year ago, as you'll find out in the podcast episode, uh, through the Ultra Speaking community. And I want to read his bio before we dive into the show. Mark is the owner of TopLocalRankings.com. He is a public speaking coach at OtraSpeaking.com, a husband, a grandfather, parental unit caregiver, interested in everything, former national martial arts champion, and we talk a lot about that, cross-country skier, trekker, mountain biker, nature lover, vegan, lover of science, metaphysics, dogs, cats, animals, life, and Donna, his wife. He goes on to say in his bio, for this action figure, nothing is more important today than I choose to feel happy. Everything else flows from that. I really like his bio, and I had two thoughts after we got done with the interview. The first was what I wanted to call this episode. And in the beginning of the interview, as you'll hear, I really begin with this idea of happiness. He talks about that in his bio. And so the episode is going to be called The Pursuit of Happiness. And I know that's a movie and a book, but I really like that title because Mark has been pursuing this idea of happiness. And so I hope you enjoy the episode. Here we go. Mark, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm really excited to be here with you, Benjamin. You're one of my favorite people in the whole world. <laughs> so it's a true honor to be here. Yeah, well, it certainly is a, a blessing to be able to talk to you, Mark. You've been a big encouragement to me. You know, we met over a year ago now uh, through Ultra Speaking. And one of the big things I remember about you has been just the encouragement. Uh, I can remember playing those games and you would always encourage me. And so I, I really appreciate that too. And I think that says something to, to who you are. And 
for those who are listening, uh, Mark is a, an amazing man. And he has a lot, I think, to, to share with all of us here today. And um, I asked for his bio, and I, I, loved, I loved your bio. And I, I want to begin with something that you said there, um, and this can kind of lead us to wherever it may take us. You said, to, you said, for this action figure, talking about yourself, and I love that, nothing is more important today than I choose to feel happy. Everything else flows from that. I'm curious, can you help us? Can you share with us, you know, how does this come about for you, this idea of, of being happy? There are so many different podcasts that are out there about the art of happiness. What does that look like for you? And, and how does that work for you in your life? Well, there's many layers. So the first layer was me once I went into recovery, which is that's a story you're familiar, somewhat familiar with. You know, I realized that I had issues with alcohol and I chose to go, you know what, I can ride this garbage truck all the way to the dump or I can get off. And so I was fortunate enough to get off. And part of the process of that is taking a look back at what have I done in my life? And in the in that process, I, I looked at all the things I'd strive for, all the things I'd, you know, wanting to be rich or wanting to be powerful or famous or blah, 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 all those things. Why did I want those? And then that result was, well, if I get rich, then I'll be happy. Mm. If I get powerful, then I'll be happy. If I get more control over my life, then I'll be happy. And I went, there was like a blinding flash of the obvious of like, well, what am I doing? Why don't I just be happy? <laughs> Take the shortcut. <laughs> and so I made it a practice. I'm, I, I do it daily. I write down my intentions in the morning. You know, nothing is more important today then I choose to be happy. Yeah. And there's a few other ones along with that, but that's, that's a core. What I also discovered along the way as um, part of the recovery process is a spiritual process. Um, I found that I, when I got that alignment with happiness, mm -hmm. I felt like my life was going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. And when I felt angry, sad, depressed, whatever we would qu normally quantify, qualify as negative, I wasn't going, I wasn't aligned with what that higher power, the direction my higher power wanted me to go in. Mm -hmm. And, and it just was like, oh my God, another blinding flash of the obvious. It's a speedometer. It mm -hmm. tells me where I'm going. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I'm it's wrong I'm not going to feel those other feelings I have to shut them off I can't feel angry or yeah. scared or afraid I'm going to feel those right but it's not about indulging and embracing them and you know being angry for weeks on end it's about mm -hmm. noticing it and going I'm not in alignment with the direction that my higher power wants me to go in mm -hmm. 
And okay, I'm going to indulge in a little bit of appreciation. I love this where I live. I love the fact we have a pool. I love the weather, even though it's been too darn hot, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and, and getting back into alignment of being happy. Yeah. And then suddenly magical things happen. Yeah. Good stuff becomes easy to come into my life. I allow it in rather than fighting it off. You've said some really powerful things here. Now, this idea of uh, being intentional, um, when you start your mornings, and I know everybody today is all about the morning routine and things like that, and we can talk more about that. Are you doing more like journaling? Are you uh, doing like a gratitude? Is that how you're kind of getting this intentionality each day? I start my morning with, um, in most mornings, not always. But most mornings I start with meditation okay. um, at some point, like generally first thing I'll wake up, I'll do the necessaries, I'll meditate and then I'll go into my, okay, I'll make my coffee, <laughs> take care of feeding the dogs. <laughs> then I'll sit down and I'll, I'll, I, I have my spot and I have my little ritual so that I get myself into the mindset. Okay. I'm setting up my day now. Yeah. And that's where I, I use writing as my tool because I find that really makes it, it focuses my mind yeah. to, to write the, my intentions down for the day. Mm. I don't have a lot. I've gone, I've had, this has morphed over the last, I've done this probably for six or seven years now. Okay. Um, I've had, had longer intentions. I've narrowed it down into the, what are the three kind of core intentions that I want to run my day through and that's I write those down and there was times when I would write two or three pages of those same things trying to you know now it feels like I've got to a place where the momentum is there after that many years of daily doing it that yeah. it's one time focused really clear intention okay I got it for the day now mm -hmm. now my day is good and then I'll think and and process what okay what do I want to get done what's what are the things I want to uh, accomplish today what do I have on the agenda how do I want to approach coaching today or talking with Benjamin today or, <laughs> or whatever this is fascinating because I think you're touching on the idea of, of habits and training yourself to the point where so for example I use I like um, the full focus planner by Michael Hyatt and uh, I listened to a podcast. He was on the Essentialism podcast with Greg McCowan. And I really liked what he said. So in the journal, for example, it has, you know, three major tasks, you know, to really move forward with your weekly or quarterly goals. And when he was being interviewed, you know, there were certain things like exercise. There were certain things like you know, whatever other habits that he had that they wouldn't go in there because they were just automatic. And it sounds like that's what you're saying. After six or seven years now, you don't have to necessarily do this for hours at a time because it's almost become automatic for you. And I think that's something important for a lot of people to understand. People want habits to form in a day or two days. And if you can take us back to that time, and I know you and I have talked offline now about uh, your recovery with alcoholism. And I've shared some things about my dad on this podcast um, and some things to you about my father, about the fact that he was a, an alcoholic. How, 
you had those habits that got you to that point of alcoholism, and now you have changed so many of those habits. Can you walk us through that journey of, if you can share some of that, how you got on that path of alcoholism, how you made that decision, you know what, I'm going to stop this and go in a different direction and create these better, better habits? Well, <laughs> I've never done anything straightforward. There was, was a nice, easy path, it seemed yeah. like. So, you know, my, I grew up only kid. Both my parents were alcoholics. Mm. Um, and there was a period of time where I drank a lot as a young man. Yeah. Um, I got married. I stopped drinking. I didn't drink for quite a while at all. And then it seemed like, oh, I, you know, I used to have fun doing this, forgetting all the horrible things. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when my dad, who's been in recovery for a long, long time now, thank God, is, you know, he has, one of the things he says is, um, let me see if I can get this right. I didn't always get in trouble when I've been drinking, but every time I got in trouble, when every time I got in trouble, I'd been drinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was really true for my life when I was a young man, you know, teenager into early 20s. And I've, that all disappeared. Oh, no, it was just the fun, the parties, the, you know, the enjoyment suddenly became this thing. And it rapidly escalated again in later years with more money and maybe yeah. a little bit more control so that that was an issue. And then the, the, the wake-up point really for me was when I, my son said to me that he was a heroin addict and it was like my world blew apart in a, a microsecond. Yeah. Of, and, and mostly about feeling like an utter failure as a father. Mm. You know, just how could, I, how could I have done this to the, you know, one of the beings that I care so much for, that I did everything possible to make the best possible life for. Well, guess what? People make their own choices too. So it is what it is. Yeah. And we got busy with getting back into recovery. And that was sort of the, that was the tipping point for me. It was like, okay, let's get real. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's look at everything. And then I was 100% committed at that point. It was not like it was an issue with, you know, I'm going in and out and having struggles or anything. It was just like, okay, that's off the menu now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I will not drink today. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really appreciate you sharing that story. You know, I seeing my father drink forced me to kind of wake up and to realize some things too. You know, I was drinking in college and you know, peer pressure. And then uh, a little bit when, when I got out of college and uh, I'm thankful that I eventually stopped because I just saw so much that happened with him. And it's interesting, you know, just uh, knowing some things about you, you seem to be very disciplined and, you know, whether it's with this, uh, whether it's with meditation in the morning, being intentional about the day, you just said it a second ago, I'm not going to drink today. Do you kind of take this approach in life where I'm just going to try to focus on today? Is that how you've been able to accomplish so many of the things or overcome so many of the things you've experienced? Well, 
again, as a, there's there's two couple of layers to that. So the 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 later realization is it's a major component of recovery, one day at a time. Yeah. And and, and I don't know if there's many things that are more truer than that. In certainly from my from my experience, that mm. there's no other way to live life except moment by moment, one day at a time. Yeah. Um. But that was that why that felt like home to me so um, powerfully, I think was, I had an experience when I was 18, I got into the martial arts, I'd always been bullied as a kid, I was the only kid, I was, you know, I was never particularly great at sports, I was the grinder, I was the middle of the pack kind of guy, Mm -hmm. middle of the road sort of person, friends with lots of different people, but no close, super close buddies, you know, Um, and martial arts just seemed like something that was bruce lee movies were really cool at the time <laughs> yeah we new we went to the you know the first ones the ones from china where he was you know not entered the dragon and all that stuff where it was hollywoodized and the, the real <laughs> the rough stuff yeah and it was just like it was like i went wow i would love to you know have some feel some control again that wanting control and um so i started training and slowly but surely i noticed that the harder i worked the better i got yeah and there was this discipline that was instilled in this experience of this person who you would look at objectively of all these guys there was a fighting team we were going to go to this national championship and you know who's going to be the guy who's going to go who's the strongest and the fastest and the most skilled and you know it's middle of the road for everything the last guy you would pick essentially but what i had been doing and this was a result of sifu suggesting it was visualizing every morning and night winning Mm. and so and i got into it like i could feel it powerfully that i was i was winning and I worked hard. I, you know, I ran four to six miles every day. I had a 300 pound full of wheat kick bag in the garage. <laughs> and I would do 300 kicks every night. I mean, I had wow. kick like a mule. <laughs> <laughs> you get that thing swinging to you and you can make pop hard enough to make stop that or move it back the other direction. Yeah. You have, your timing has to be precise and is good. So anyways, that led to, you know, fortunately, I was, I won my, my weight class in my division, which was, it changed everything. There was a whole spiritual experience that happened within that too, mm-hmm. um, that also informed my life. But as far as the discipline part of it, mm-hmm. that I was able to do that and have that experience without, you know, in it, not a, a um, it wasn't like playing basketball on a basketball team or football or, or volleyball. I did all that stuff too, but I mean, that, that it wasn't the same. It was me doing it. And yeah. I was the one who had to get up and go for the run. I was the one who had to do the sit-ups and go fight in at class. But still, there was this whole chunk of time where I had to do it. And if I didn't, I was not going to do well. And I, and I was it opened up so that I was allowed that to happen. Yeah. And that changed things for me. I learned that that then became 
without even realizing I, I kind of labeled it later, perhaps, but you know, I was a grinder. The only way to get something done was to work my butt off mm -hmm. <laughs> to just keep after it one day at a time. And that's how I got good in sales. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't awesome at sales right off the start, but I got really good at being a salesperson by working my butt off at it, mm -hmm. doing the fundamentals every mm -hmm. day. Yeah, etc, etc, etc. And that's how you know, that's how we built our business was exactly the same way. Yeah, no, that's amazing. While you were speaking, I was thinking about, I know you listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, I think probably every day when you're walking the dogs and things like that. Uh, discipline equals freedom. So I was thinking about uh, Jocko Willink and, uh, you know, all the things that he has said. What kind of martial arts were you were you involved in? Was it jujitsu? Was it judo? Was it karate? What was it? It was uh, white crane gong fu. Wow, I've but never heard of that. gong fu. <laughs> How is that? Uh, what's the difference with that? And I know a lot of people are familiar, like with uh, jujitsu. And uh, Bruce Lee did um, jeet kune do. If I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, well, that was that was his style. That was mm -hmm. the the his the martial art that he developed from his own experiences so i think um i forget which one it was the one he did was a very close contact where you do a lot of trapping mm -hmm. and they have a wing chun and they have a dummy that they practice and the wooden dummy that they practice on yeah yeah so it's it's a it's a street fight basically martial art where the ours was more of a, a little bit fl more flowery and all the stuff, all the stuff you throw away when it comes down to you got the gloves on and somebody's trying to punch your head off. <laughs> you gotta go to what to what works. Yeah. So how long did how long did you did you stay in the martial arts? Well, I it, it kind of evolved. So I did about okay. five years of that particular style, and then I did um, jujitsu, and okay. even before that, I did aikido. Wow. for a few years and then jujitsu and then jeet kune do i trained jeet kune do with my son actually um he was being bullied in school and so we went in and got into fighting again yeah yeah no, <laughs> and that I, was in, I was in my late 40s that was <laughs> that was a whole different experience yeah no, you don't heal as good when you're 40 as when you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> I took some uh, jujitsu classes. Um, uh, there's a uh, instructor here in our neighborhood. And so I trained with him for about six sessions. And I can't do everything just with uh, with my heart condition and, and uh, my device that I have. But uh, man, it's, it's an amazing workout. And it's such a great feeling. It's totally different than lifting weights in the garage or at the gym you know where you're just using your entire body and it's so it's amazing just you know to see body weight you know he was way smaller than me and he's he's just dominating me so it was a very it was a very humbling experience and I, I really love what I'm hearing here Mark because to me I see this thread I see this theme and for those who are listening you know, I talk a lot about I can do and, and mindset and uh, habits and things like that. And what I'm hearing from you over and over again, you know, is the, the power of discipline, uh, the power of mindset uh, and how there's almost this ripple effect. I mean, you talked about how, you know, how it had an impact with your son before your son and also even with your with your career as well. 
So to me, that's very fascinating to see just how, I think a lot of times people think discipline is, is not good, right? Discipline will hold us back, but everything you're saying, discipline is what it was that opened it up. Would you recommend martial arts then for young people today? You know, the challenge today for a lot of young people, video games, social media, a lot of things online. Um, what would you, what advice would you give for those who are listening, young men, young women, when it comes to maybe getting started with martial arts? I, I, I couldn't recommend them more highly. Um, the only proviso caution I might suggest is check the school out. Mm. Make sure that the, they have the right attitude. A good martial arts school will have a, in my opinion, will have some level of spiritual content because, you know, Gung Fu, Kung Fu, Karate, Jiu Jitsu, not so much ju Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but some of the other, the Japanese Jiu Jitsu's mm -hmm. where Brazilian Jiu Jitsu comes from. Um, they do have a spiritual component where meditation is part of the practice. You know, it's not about just going out and getting in a fight. It's about right. self-defense. It's about um, effectiveness in being able to, to control yourself, to be aware of and be in the moment with yourself in all conditions, whether it's, you know, somebody's wanting to get into your face about something mm -hmm. or were you even more aware of it and you saw that that was a potential like a block away and you went you know i'm going this way mm -hmm. and you missed the complete that's the highest form of martial arts as far as i'm concerned yeah you just don't get into those conversations. yeah yeah that's exactly right and you know that that's that takes um that actually takes a strong person to do that you know, because there's always a danger of wanting to, let me, let me show you what I can do to you and to prove yourself. And, you know, the best way is to, is to avoid it completely. Yeah. You know, that's fascinating. Well, we're talking about happiness and I, I, I want to get back to that as well. So it sounds like meditation, your visualization, martial arts, all of these things have brought you a, a certain level of ha happiness I know family brings you a lot of happiness as well. How do you, or what's your philosophy with respect to family and work? One of the big things out there today is work balance. Do you believe in work family balance? How do you handle so many different components? So you got a lot of things going on in your life with your company, with coaching, family, exercise. How does that all fit in so that you can maintain this happiness and those relationships with your family? Well, it's been a, it's been a process. It's been a learning process of trying to negotiate and find a path to, to make that work. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier now that I do have my own company because I can determine my own time. Mm -hmm. I'm not in a position at this point in my life where I'm feeling like I have this massive pressure to make lots of money. So my, I'm, I'm more, much more relaxed about things. I'm not, I'm actually not very interested in adding more clients. I've got enough. I'm not interested in, in growing my company at this point. Yeah. Um, 
I have investments. I have, you know, I've, I got some gray hair, so <laughs> I have some resources at this point. So I can choose. I basically I can pick and choose a lot easier, which is something I would I would wish on anyone at an earlier age than it took me to get there, because mm. um, there was a lot of stress and strain and and worry along the way to get here. But to get here now is um, the discipline was clearer as I went along what actions each day were making things work better mm -hmm. uh, were clearer as I got older and learned the hard lessons, <laughs> the cause well, of want, my gray hairs. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to touch on that too, because, you know, just hearing you say that you were able to watch the, um, you know, the original movies that Bruce Lee had, you know, I think it's fascinating. I can remember when I had his martial arts book as a kid and I was recently looking for that. And I was like, man, I can't, did I sell this book? Cause I bought it years ago and I'm pretty sure I sold it. And I'm not happy about that at all. I just bought some uh, old VHS tapes of uh, some of his movies. So I'm kind of fist of fury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fist of fury and things like that. I know that you're, you're in interested in everything and it sounds like in this journey. And I love this idea of now you have some gray hair. Now you have the flexibility that you want for, for those who are starting off, for those who may be in their early 20s or 30s or whatnot, can, can you share your journey with respect to careers? I know you've done a lot of different things. And as you share, what wisdom do you want to give to our listeners about choices? Because you, you mentioned the word choose. You get to choose. And uh, Dave, um, I was just reading a, a magazine today um, just about freedom um, with respect to finances. And it's not just with respect to, to money, but the choices that we have. So how did you get to this point where now you kind of you get to set your own schedule? And, um, and what words of wisdom would you like to share along the way? I think the, the words of wisdom, I would say, is, is try and find what you enjoy and and dig into that and apply the whatever level of discipline you or habit you you feel comfortable with to getting better at that at something you enjoy do not chase money because mm. that's a that's a endless merry-go-round that will never work out in my experience once give us, i let give, go us, of that, give us more with that if i can interrupt what do you mean by it will never work out because that's what everybody seems to be doing well i won't say everybody but if I can just get a little bit more, right? If I can get that promotion, give us some more with that. Yeah, and and again, that that's come. It comes back to that that feeling, that that speedometer or fuel gauge or whatever you want. You know, it's like it seems like that there's there's a, a voice in the background going, "I need to get more. I need to get more." And so then. It's like being at that crossroads and going, you know what? The, the sign says one way. If I, but I'm pressed for time. I'm late. I know if I go down, I'm going the wrong way, but I, that's the shortcut. I can get out of here. I'm going to take the shortcut. Mm. And so it seems like the promotion or the chasing the money is the shortcut. And yet it feels wrong. You get that gut feel that, you know what? I'm not a manager. 
I'm going to go from the thing I love in sales, for instance, just as an example, to being a, a people manager. And I don't really get how to manage people, for instance. That was my experience for me, for myself. Yeah. But for sales, I'm in the pocket. I can sell the heck out of anything to anybody if it's for their benefit. And then it's for my benefit, too. Yeah. Um, that was always my guiding light in that regard. But when I chased the promotion to get to be a, a, a boss, and then I sucked at being a boss, <laughs> I wasn't a shortcut. It was, a, you know, it was the exit <laughs> was brought, basically it, what it was. <laughs> it brought more pain to you when you thought, yeah. it brought more pain when you thought it was actually going to bring something more beneficial to you. Exactly. Mm. So that's that's where I think it, you know, trust your gut a little bit. And, and one of the things that I was thinking about this morning, I've come to the realization, this is my sponsor, we have sponsors in recovery that are, are kind of our, the older brother who's been through down the path. And my sponsor talks a lot about, you know, there's the power of a pause, this mm. you'll relate to this. Yes. The power of a pause can change your life, to change your arc of your life. Five or six of those pauses. You know, if I'm at that place at the crossroads and I'm looking and that's the fast way out, but it's the wrong way. And I'll bet there's a cop down there and pause and go, and it feels awful to go that way. But, you know, if I go that way, I'm following the right direction. I'm not going to get stopped. I'm not going to get a ticket. I'll be five minutes late instead of half an hour late. <laughs> or an hour, I'm going to go that way, the power of that pause. And there's many options. We've all had those experiences where if we just would have taken a minute or 10 minutes, walked out of the room and made a better decision, everything would be different. Yeah. And that's one of the wonderful things I love about what we teach in ultra speaking is the power of that pause when we're speaking because it's exactly the same thing that's we can recover we can make a mistake and recover in the middle of a speech mm -hmm. but it's the same thing it's a life lesson yeah which is wonderful yeah we can use that same power in our life in our daily day to day that i cannot say that thing i wouldn't automatically say to my wife and go you know what I love this woman with all my heart. Mm. I'm not going to say that to her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't like that behavior of my grandchild, but I love them with all my heart. I'm not going to say that to them. I'm going to take a pause. Yeah. So I don't know where I got, how I got off on that tangent or how <laughs> you got me there, but no, this is, this is so good. I, I, um, the, the power of the pause is really good. And I, I, I know I've done some podcasts on this. There's a story in the, uh, in the Old Testament, a man by the name of uh, Nehemiah, and he heard how some people were being treated and it says that he was very angry, but it says that he pondered in his heart. And so when you were talking about this, my mind went there with this idea of the pause. And when you mentioned that job promotion that you got, you know, where you were working with people, now you're a boss and you're like, it didn't go well at all. I thought that was so powerful because everybody today, it feels like, I won't say everybody, but so many people, you know, it's all about, and I know there's room for this, right? With 
branding and everybody wants to be known. And we've talked about social media and, you know, college football now, you know, um, players now can, can get money off of their images and things like that. Um, but really giving ourselves that space to say, okay, if I make this decision, what might be some of the long-term ramifications? And one, one other question, going back to that job here real quickly, when you found out, oh, wait, this promotion, it's not that good. In fact, I'm not really as happy here. I cut you off. I think you were saying it caused you to, to leave the room or to, to quit the job. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Walk us through that. I'm curious with that. How long did it take for you to find out if you remember this isn't going to work? And then the next job, how did that affect you with the next big decision you made? Well, I have a, a more recent and more okay. um, poignant kind of experience with this, because when I started, when we started our company, I had big plans. I wanted to grow into a large SEO company. And there was, there was, I could see there was a huge opportunity there. It was just laying there ready to be picked up. And so I got some funding and I hired some people. And fairly quickly, it became obvious within a two or three months that I didn't know how to hire people. <laughs> they, were all, they were all wrong. All oh, of them. They were, you know, I, and basically it came to a head with, I took, I had, I got, we got some inheritance money. We took two weeks off and we went away for a little holiday, came back and everybody had been on holiday for two weeks. And that was not the plan. <laughs> oh no. And suddenly now the cash flow is zero and I'm counting on that. Everybody's been doing jobs here. Yeah. And so it was like one hard thing, one hard conversation after another of going, I'm sorry, that's it. You're gone. I'm sorry. That's it. We can't survive and keep you. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. Five of those. And it's like, holy smoke. And that, I, I, at that point I went, okay, I either have to learn how to be a manager yeah. and I don't want to. <laughs> Or we're going to just have a smaller company and I'm going to be a lot more comfortable with it and mm. do what I really love to do, which is I'm very good at this technical aspect of things. I know how to figure it all out. Google is easy, honestly, for all their AI and all their money and all that stuff. It's not difficult for me. I'm just going to go with what I'm good at. Yeah. You know, we, you mentioned earlier something about that I wanted to circle back to about, you know, what advice would I give to younger people? There hasn't been a better time to be a, a 20, 18, 20, 30 year old person in this world in terms of all the opportunities that there are and the, the massive change that we're going to go through. And old geezers like me <laughs> for the most part can't grasp what's going on yeah. and the people who are growing up within that stuff are going wow this is so cool you know we're moving into a world where it's like it's like the movie ready player one where there's this merging of digital and physical reality and imagination and intention is going to become so much more important to how much money and how much value and how much joy you can have in your life 
so I would say embrace that stuff. You know, yeah. if you want to be a gamer, find out about DeFi and cryptocurrency and, and play games and make money from it. And if you want to be, you know, into any kind of green technology and all that stuff, it's going to be, it's going to dwarf what we've seen in oil. Mm. And as, as big as the oil the business has been for the last hundred years, it's going to dwarf that has to <laughs> we won't survive we i live a couple thousand miles at least north of you in texas mm -hmm. and we've just been through where we've had temperatures in our little town of 45 degrees that's 116 2000 miles north of you that is not normal 116 it was like uh, walking you say 116, are you talking about explain fahrenheit fahrenheit yeah oh so 45 degrees celsius yes yes yeah yeah hot and, hot, and hot hot marks in canada <laughs> so yeah you're seeing a lot of effects on that yeah that's fascinating tell us a little bit more you've mentioned it a couple of times and um tell us a little bit more about your company top local rankings how how did you get started and what do you do? What kind of services do you provide? During one of my, I, when I was in my 40s, early 40s, I went into, um, I went back to school, basically. Okay. And I got a job at the Lottery Corporation, which is a big uh, uh, government, sort of quasi-government corporation, runs all the gambling in, and lotteries in British Columbia, our province. That's typical across all of Canada. Mm. And, and I, I've been building websites for people. This mm -hmm. is about 1990. I'd started 94, I think was the first website I built for money. This is about 98, 97, 98. And so they hired me to be the first internet guy <laughs> <laughs> back then, because it was pretty new. And um they spent a whole bunch of money to teach me how to do search engine optimization and sending me on. And it was brand new. I mean, Google had just started basically. So I was doing SEO before there was a Google. <laughs> wow. And then the, um, so out of, out of that, so I've got a lot of years of experience of doing this. And so then at some point I went, you know what, I've, I've worked for a lot of other people doing this consulting and all this stuff i'm going to start my own business because i saw one of the consulting companies i worked for i did some local seo which is just a little subset of search engine optimization for a small business in a local area and it changed their business mm. within a month it changed everything for them and I went, hmm, there is an opportunity here. And a lot of people don't know about this yet. So that was when I started my own company. And that's what we do, basically. Um, we figured out a formula a long time ago of doing this, exactly what we're doing over <laughs> Zoom, of having a conversation yeah. and creating content really quickly. Because somebody who's running an auto repair shop or is a physiotherapist or is a a real estate agent or whatever doesn't is not going to sit down and write an article and but they have to create content for their website they have to so how what's the easy way record a conversation yeah you know if we're going to talk about 
you know, coaching ultra speaking, you're an expert. Well, I would ask you questions about coaching ultra speaking. Mm -hmm. And within, you know, five to 10 minutes, we have great content created that we can transcribe, we share it out everywhere. They do it for a, little, a while. They get tons and tons of business out of it. Wow, that's amazing. So I got to ask, after you made that website, or after you helped that local company, and one month later, you saw this big change, how long was the pause before <laughs> you made that leap from working for someone else to yourself? Do you remember? I remember exactly because it was, uh, I was, I was afraid yeah. to move, to jump on it. And but what were you most afraid of, if I can ask? That I wouldn't be diligent in doing it. Okay. There were so many, you know, the glittery object syndrome was still really strong. <laughs> so there was <laughs> a, a million things to do and a million, oh, Oh, Facebook is now cool. Oh, there's people making $17,000 a month. This is Facebook had just started selling Facebook stuff. Oh my goodness. Oh, oh, maybe I should learn about that. And just, there's a million things to choose from. And so I, I knew I, I had that propensity to, to derail myself in that way. And I went, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then the the gig ended at the consulting company and I went into a good friend of mine hired me as a in, in back into sales for a radio company and uh, a radio station and made a lot of money doing that but by the end of the year I had started my company nice because I knew already I, I was looking at this radio company radio station and going, oh man, these guys, this, this is like a slow motion. They're, they're in the middle of the rail crossing and they're being run over by the railway and in slow motion and they don't even know it. I mean, the internet just going to wipe this, this terrestrial radio stuff <laughs> off the map and they, they have no idea what to do about it. Yeah. And it really became a point where, where we used to have these big sales meetings around this big round table. And one guy goes, hey, I just got this lead from somebody from Twitter. <laughs> and everybody knew I, I'd ranted on about a little bit about the internet as I, as I do. Yeah. And uh, everybody goes, what's Twitter? And all the heads turn towards me. Oh, no. <laughs> And I'm just going, oh, my God, you know, I'm in the wrong place. I am a square peg in a round hole because I'm all in on the Internet stuff. By that point, it was almost um, 15 years of building websites and marketing. And I mean, I, I ran a poker company in 99 before 9-11, um, 2000. Just, yeah, I just got back just before 9-11 and uh, in Antigua. Mm back before just as online poker was starting to become a big thing so that was another jumping for the money instead of doing something that was would make me happy because i was away from my family and i was miserable yeah well it's interesting mark um you're making me think of a couple of things there's a book i read recently called the uh 10 entrepreneur 
And it sounds like you kind of did that, right? Where you were with this radio company, but then by the end of the year, you see this writing on the wall. It also sounds like, which is fascinating to me, that you have been kind of ahead of the game in some respects, where everybody's looking at you with Twitter and they're like, they have no idea. And you're like, oh yeah, here's my confirmation right here that I'm in the wrong place. There's a coach named uh, Rich Lipman, and um, I listened to his podcast. It's called uh, One Insight. I don't know if you've listened to it or not, but it's a pretty good podcast. And he's got a book out called The, uh, the Prosperous Coach. And uh, in his intro, and it made me think of you just now, he said, you know, when you're uh, the biggest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. And everyone looking at you with Twitter, like, hey, tell us. Were you doing something? I know you were building the websites, but kind of, it, it seems like you're almost a step ahead or two steps ahead. Was that just luck? Was that just curiosity? Um, have you thought about that? Well, uh, you know, because I was going to school in electronics, it was, oh. it was, I was, uh, and as the internet was sort of starting, mm -hmm. uh, it was a natural uh, this was happening. Gotcha. This is taking place. And that's, and I was interested in it. We didn't do anything in that, you know, it was um, electronics technology. So it was all the electron theory and flow and capacitors and blah, blah, how to put a circuit together. But it was on, I was interested in what was going on with, because we were talking about it in, in, in school. And I, I would go outside and I started to learn. I started, I learned HTML. I went, okay, well, how is this? I have a computer. Let's, let's, what is this stuff? Oh, cool. Yeah. And I could build a website. And then mm. somebody asked me, could you build us a website? And I went, yeah, of course. <laughs> and I just did it. You know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but, and they paid me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, that's, so, that's, I think you just touched on something there. The idea of learning, being curious, you went back to school when you were 40 or so. And uh, John Maxwell in his book, The 15 Laws of Invaluable Growth, he talks about when you continue to work on self-improvement, you'll never be out of a job. And just listening to you and this whole story of where you are now owning your own business and discipline and being curious and figuring things out and seeing the writing on the wall and taking that leap. Um, real quick here, when, when you made that decision, you took the pause, you're going to leave this company, you're going to start your own company. Uh, I know you said fear was something that you were, that I guess was kind of holding you back a little bit. When did you know, oh, this is going to work really, really well? This is it. When did you know? It took a while. It, it was there was a it was a grind mm -hmm. for the first two two and a half years, which is not unusual in a small when you start your own small business. Mm -hmm. I mean, I had I I had clients consistently all the way along, but it always felt like it was. I mean, I went from going you know these these big checks because I was making a lot of money doing selling radio. You know, for me, they were big, big, big checks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hadn't made money like that since I was in gambling. It was really nice. And my wife really liked it. <laughs> and she was going, 
what did you do? What did you do? Yeah. Now she's really thankful because I'd be dead probably by now. <laughs> also I mean, the stress or what? Well, just the stress and uh, just being in that round peg in, in or square peg in a round hole and gotcha. my way of dealing with it at the time had morphed into a lot of drinking. Yeah. And at that point I was starting, I was on that road where I was drinking myself to sleep at night, mm. you know, drink continuing yeah. on where it, was, it started as fun. And then to continue to be able to go to sleep, it was, you know, a couple more, a couple more, and then finally pass out kind of thing. And mm. you can't do that very long without dire consequences. Yeah. You know, either you lose your job or, you can't perform anymore or you get sick or the marriage breaks up or, yeah. or, or, or it, it has a detrimental effect. This goes so, back to what you were saying though, about which path you're going to take, right? The shortcut path, you're making a lot of money. You're probably buying whatever you want to buy. Things are sufficiently covered, but there's not a lot of happiness there's a lot of pain, self-inflicted self pain. Absolutely. And so this other path is scary and there can be some other challenges, but at the same time, you know, okay, look, I can't stay in this, in this position. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that because I think a lot of times people experience that where you're touching on so many of the same things you've talked about earlier about money that you can have all this money, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're always going to be happy. In fact, it can create even bigger problems. So being content with what you have and then the, the patience of building something where, okay, now you can still control and you'll have a lot more balance, even though it's scary. So that, that to me, that's something really um, encouraging to hear, you know, that you took this different path seeing this writing on the wall of if I keep going down here, it, it may not always end well. Well, I, I, I had, that's hindsight mostly. Yeah. Honestly, in the moment, it wasn't like, Oh, if I keep doing uh, this, okay. I'm going to, I'm going gotcha. to, there was, there was a, 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 a slowdown in because the stress level had shifted and I felt like I was more in charge of it. It wasn't this external, you've been in sales, you know what it's like that yeah. pressure to perform, to yeah. reach your goals each, each quarter, each month, whatever it is. I mean, you know, sales is the ultimate zero to hero. Thing. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Especially, yeah. especially if there's no base, you know, and yeah. you eat what you kill and that's it. And that's a, you didn't make any sales this week. Well, mm, it's looking a little grim for the month or the quarter. So, mm -hmm. you know, turn the jets on, get busy, get on the phone, get, let's get going. That's, you know, it's not going to happen any other way. Yeah applying that from that external pressure though of having someone else saying this is what I got to do to being internal changed a lot for me and so I took a lot of pressure off of myself because I was in charge of it that that seeming control brought me more into alignment without even realizing it with where my higher power wanted me to go yeah. and so I felt the booze cut back quite a bit and I got healthier again. You know, yeah. I was getting fat. I was, <laughs> I got back into martial arts. 
I got, you know, a little bit more fitness happening, even with the stress of, you know, the, the company blowing up or almost and saving it and doing, going nice. through all those things, yeah. it still felt like I was my own man. I was doing my own thing. Yeah. And uh, there was certainly moments of tremendous stress, but joy because of, you know, the wind was mine. It wasn't yeah. just, you know, a sale that I closed that made more money today, but yeah. Um, yeah. the the company was making a lot more than me mm -hmm. I was making it all <laughs> <laughs> well this has been really good I want to just ask a few more thoughts and I'll let you go and be respectful of your time I will admit uh, and I definitely need your help with this SEO I get I feel almost overwhelmed with it uh, I see things on WordPress I see different businesses out there what's legit, what's not legit. All right. If I, if I do this SEO, if I invest this money, everything's going to change with traffic for, for people who are listening, who are maybe started a website or blog or company. Um, tell us how top local rankings will help them and the importance of um, using these search engines and understanding how all of it works. So let me preface that with we're not looking for any new clients. So this is <laughs> this is this is not a sales pitch. Yeah, okay. So you can call me, but the odds are I'm going to say, "You know what? We're full. We're busy. Yeah. We're 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 happy right now. We're not yeah. going to take on any more new clients." Um in all honesty. Yeah. The the um the basics of search engine optimization are are straightforward. There's all kinds of fancy little gimmicks that everyone's coming up with. And, you know, it's all about links. It's all about the content you create. It's all about are you using structured schema data and blah, 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 all these things. And I know all these things intimately. Basically, it comes down to building a really good, fast website. So good hosting on a fast whatever system you use, whether if that's WordPress, then getting the right theme company that has a very fast and they optimize their code so that it's quick because speed is a big thing for Google in the right now and in the future. And then it's about creating content. If you can create content every week and grind it out, uh, five years from now, it won't matter what Google does in terms of their little tweaks to their algorithm to switch things around. Because they're always, they make 500 of the plus of those changes every year. You can't keep up. I can't keep up and it's my business. <laughs> and at some point I gave up and went, I, we found the answer. Holy cow, look at this. I've got one client who's an auto repair business. We've been doing it for nine years. We've been creating weekly content, weekly video content, the car repair of the week, nice. believe it or not. He's world renowned. People have recognized him on cruise ships in the Caribbean. Oh, wow. Are you Bernie Pollock? <laughs> I listen to your show. I watch your videos. Amazing. He gets calls from all over. Now, this is not necessarily helping his business that somebody from North Carolina is calling <laughs> Vancouver to ask about, well, I want to repair my, my diesel engine is doing this. 
that doesn't, you know, I, man, I'm 6,000 miles away. I can't yeah. help you. Yeah. <laughs> but 99% of all his new customers come from those videos. And all we have to do at this point is just make more. We've got close to a thousand videos up there now. And it just, it's an engine. It just keeps driving the business. He's busy. He was busy as all get out all the way through the pandemic. Yeah. He's busier now. His business is rocking and rolling, mm-hmm. dominates. And that's not just him. There's that repeats for all my clients in that way. So no magic bullet, create the content, transcribe it, share it out there weekly grind that out and in six months you'll be thanking me because that's the best seo advice i could give anybody wow amazing yeah thank you for that um with respect to social media a couple more questions here we'll, we'll play some rapid fire here uh what are you doubling down on when it comes to social media by that i mean where what are you using uh what do you recommend when it comes to social media I'm very torn about social media because I've seen the data for a lot of years and it doesn't for a small business like that. Again, that's my, that's my market area of research or of expertise. So a local business, you know, in, in my town of Coldstream, for instance, they're not going to get any business from social media as a consultant, as a coach, I would, um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn, LinkedIn's everything. If you like Twitter, Twitter is a bit of a, a time suck. I mean, you can doom scroll, end up doom scrolling on Twitter for hours. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other products owned by the other mark, I am zero fan of. <laughs> Absolutely um, avoid with the plague. Deleted myself off of there and disappeared, and will never go back. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to be the product for anybody. Yeah. So people can find you then on Twitter, LinkedIn. Um, I know you're not taking new clients, but what's your, your business's website? Toplocalrankings.com. Nice. Nice. Well, I think you and I could talk for a couple of hours. Um, we haven't touched on so many different elements uh, that, uh, um, that we definitely could talk about, but I certainly appreciate you being on the show and You've shared a lot about happiness, uh, discipline, uh, decision-making, choosing. Um, A final thought that you'd like to leave to the audience. Power of the pause. (laughs) Uh, It it really is resonating with me today that that is so, it's so powerful. And I think you experienced this too with ultra speaking. When we're talking, to have that, confidence that audacity (laughs) to go i can pause and think and come up with the next thing to say that will actually be at least good yeah Yeah. and applying that to an entire life um it's a superpower yeah well said mark thank you so much for being on the show i appreciate you yeah i love you brother Thank you. Love you too, man. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. 
If you are in the need or looking for more motivation in your life, feel free to check out my website, benjaminlee.blog, where you can find hundreds of encouraging, motivational blog posts on a variety of subjects. You can find all of my books, which can also be found on amazon.com and other podcast interviews with a variety of people. I hope this helps. Please leave me a rating and a review. I can do and so can you. Take care and God bless.